Good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to talk today about mindfulness in the body. <clears throat> There's a, a quote from the Buddha on mindfulness of the body. <clears throat> There's one thing that when cultivated and regularly practiced leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace, to mindfulness and clear comprehension, to vision and knowledge, to a happy life here and now, and to the culmination of wisdom and awakening. And what is that one thing? It is mindfulness centered on the body. And he also said in another, at another time, within this fathom-long body, a fathom is about six feet, the whole universe arises and passes away. So everything we need to realize about the world, about life, about reality, is found within our body. When I first began practice, it was many years ago, um, over 40 years ago, I, I would not have uh, said that I was um, concerned or interested about um, practice in the body. You know, it wasn't, I didn't, think that practice had anything to do with the body. Um, I was motivated to practice because I was full of fear and, uh, and anxiety and, and somebody had said meditation might help. <laughs> and, and as I began to meditate um, it did help, and and I experienced in the body um, many different uh, feelings, uh, sensations, some painful, some feelings of release. And I, it took me many years to understand how important the body is in our meditation practice. So what is our relationship to our bodies? We, we think that we have a body and we have ideas about, about what the body is. And, um, and we have, we have attitudes, certain attitudes towards the body. So I'd like to just, you know, look at what some of the common attitudes toward the body, towards our bodies uh, are. So um, 
So we have images, an image of the body. An image, we each have an image of our body and we might, we might um, mostly when we have an image of the body, we have negative feelings about it, but um, we may have positive feelings about it, but, but we hold an image of the body. And, um, and so the image of the body is not the body. The image of the body is an idea or an image. And, and it, it's not an experience of the body to, to have an image of the body. The body is not an object to be perfected according to some standard. And many of us have a sense of that, 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 that the body is somehow an object. And, um, and people can, can hold that attitude, uh, can hold that, that view of the body, that it's an object to be perfected to some standard. I guess what I'm saying is that in terms of our spiritual practice, uh, if we hold that attitude, that's not going to lead us to any sense of, um, of happiness or freedom. In fact, um, there's a sutta, uh, it's called the Magandiya Sutta, and, um, and, and the wanderer Magandiya. Uh, the, the, the suttas, the, discu- the discourses of, um, in which the, the teachings of the Buddha are, are um, uh, conveyed to us are, are all these many, many conversations that uh, the Buddha has with different people. And uh, he has diff- these conversations with different teachers and, and, and different ascetics and, and wanderers and, uh, and, and householders. And, uh, and this wanderer, Magandiya, says that, um, that he thinks that health and well-being are the same as Nibbana. Uh, to be healthy and to have a sense of well-being is the same as Nibbana. I think that, in some way, uh, it's, that's, that's a, a kind of attitude that a lot of people hold, that uh, to feel healthy and to have a sense of well-being is is, um, you know, it's, it's as good as it gets. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so, you know, we see, I mean, not, you know, by, by no means all yoga teachers, but, you know, some yoga is like that, and different, uh, you know, athletic um, kind of cultivations are like that. So it's, it's not that it's bad to, to want to cultivate the body and, and be healthy and strong, but it's, um, it's not the same as Nibbana or freedom, liberation. So, um, so another attitude or another way that we uh, relate to our bodies commonly is that um, we project with our bodies a conception of ourselves. So how we adorn the body, how we, how we dress, how we, you know, uh, if we kind of put different images on the body, um, we project a certain 
concept of ourselves. And, and we can become very attached to that projection of ourselves. Um, and, uh, and, and, and if we're attached to that projection of ourselves, you know, it's, that's, that's um, putting ourselves in a position or it's, that's going to bring uh, that, that sense of attachment to a projection of self is going to bring us suffering. It's going to result in suffering because, you know, we want it to be liked, we want it to be respected, we want it to be praised, and so on. Another, another, um, oh, and, and on my list here, uh, it sort of it follows on the, the previous one. A body is a projection of our personality, our style, our identity with a group. So it's, it's kind of similar. Um, feeding the appetites of the body. So it's a, a way that we relate to our bodies, right? So kind of as a way of, um, you know, comforting ourselves or, or giving ourselves pleasure or uh, so just... Um, feeding the appetites of the body uh, with food, with sex, with possessions, with um, you know, diff- all, all kinds of pleasant experiences. So that's, that's a, an attitude that we bring toward the body, is that uh, it's, it's a means by which we can experience pleasure, and of course then we want to escape unpleasant experiences. And it and connected to that is we also can bring an attitude toward our body as the object of others' desire. So we we want to be an object of desire. We want to be, and especially this is this is a, a way that young people relate to the body. And, uh, as we age, we, we let go of that one. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> It's not projected back to us so much. Um, So also the body can be the subject of or the, the object of future hopes and fears. So in the, you know, in the future you know, I will become this, and we imagine something our body will be. Or I'm afraid that in the future my body will become that, you know, so maybe um, weak or uh, disabled or, you know, in some way. And of course, um, the body dies, and so, you know, because we're so identified with our bodies, we, uh, we fear death. And, um, and, and because we're identified with our bodies so deeply, as we see signs of aging, we can become very distressed. You know? Another gray hair, another wrinkle, uh, body is the forces of gravity are acting on the body and uh, changing it 
and um, and so so a sense of loss, a sense of confusion, a sense of uh, not really knowing who I am if I'm so identified with the body being a certain way. And illness in the same way. <coughs> illness can cause a lot of fear and distress. Um, you know, I have an idea that my body is is healthy. I, I went through a time last year where <coughs> I, I realized that I was holding uh, an idea about my body that I, I'm healthy because um, what happened was I had some health issues that came up, uh, different kinds of health issues and, and it was, you know, I think until we experience it you know, even though we may know um, the body is subject to aging, illness, and death, you know, until we experience the aging and the illness and the perhaps the um, the possible death of the body if we have a serious illness, um, we don't really take it in. Unless we're really paying attention um, and seeing that that um, yeah, others are dying, others that I know have become ill, seriously ill. Others have died, and this my body too is subject to these things. So, so we need to pay attention and take it in. There's a story uh, that's told about, um, I forget, it's a Hindu story, uh, and I forget exactly who the, uh, it, uh, perhaps it is, it is Krishna and um, Brahma, but, um, um, but Brahma, let's say in the story, somebody asks somebody, let's say it's Brahma asks Krishna, you know, what is in, in, this, in this life, in this, in this world, what is the most um, surprising thing that you can think of? And, uh, and Krishna's answer was, in this life, it is the most surprising thing that Human beings seeing all, that all around them people are dying do not know, do not believe it will happen to them. So, um, so, so many different attitudes of the body, many different uh, ways of relating to the body that um, that we can get caught in. And so, you know, as I said, it's not that, um, that it's a bad thing to, to try to be healthy and cultivate the body, uh, you know, in terms of, of becoming strong, becoming agile. It's not that it's a bad thing about to, to um, experience 
to want to even, um, well, to experience those, um, I'll, I'll put aside the wanting, mm -hmm. to, to experience those uh, pleasant sensory experiences that, that uh, come our way in our lives. So it's, um, you know, the sun, the, the beauty, the delicious food, you know, it's fine to know that it is pleasant and to enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's the identification with uh, and the the attachment to uh, these ideas and these attitudes and these experiences that um, that can create stress and suffering for us because they're unreliable and they're not are not in our control. Um, as the body, we can't control what that we only have ex pleasant experiences. We can't control certainly that the body does not age and and become ill and and die. So I'd like to talk a little bit about how we can relate to the body um, in our practice, and um, and I'm going to talk about it in three ways. Uh, the body as a home or a refuge. That's the first way. And the body as a mirror uh, in which we can see the nature of our minds and uh, the body as a source of wisdom and truth. So, so the body as a home or a refuge. Uh, um, you know, when we when we practice mindfulness of breathing, um, we come home to the body. When we uh, can just be present, bring our attention to the body, you know, as we walk from one place to another, or as we um, do any activities of the day, uh, just um, being aware that being attentive to the flow of experience and sensation in the body. We make our home in the body. We, we abide in the body. And, and as we abide in the body and are present in the body, we're, we're opening to the world in each moment uh, arising in, through our senses. So, so it brings us into presence, it brings us into the moment, it takes us, uh, it gives us a, a kind of um, uh, a refuge from the, the habits and drivenness of the mind, uh, all of the, the ways that we, we, we conceive a sense of self and we feel that we have to perform or we... we um, uh, or, or the ways that we, we react, um, you know, just all the many, many ways that our minds are conditioned um, that cause suffering. So just that simple coming home to the body and, um, uh, and, and being present, um, whether it's in a very precise way, a very focused way, like feeling the breath in that very focused way that I described this morning, feeling the whole breath, the whole in-breath, the whole out-breath, um, 
or um, or in a more kind of just being present in the body. Um, in the Satipatthana Sutta, you know, the 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 Buddha talks about different ways of being present in the body. Uh, the first way he talks about is is um, is feeling the breath, which is what we're doing. And this and the next way he talks about is to be aware of the different body postures. So when you're sitting, when you're standing, when you're walking, when you're lying down, to know, just to feel the body. And, and it's you know. Can it be that simple just to know how, you know that the body is sitting? Yes, yes, it's that simple. Just to know the body is sitting when it's sitting, to know the body is standing, to know directly, to feel the body from inside. Um, and, um, and then at the end of the different ways that he talks about, you know, he also talks about different activities. So when, when you're, um, you know, when you're... Uh, when you're eating, to know that you're eating. And when you're, um, uh, he even talks about, you know, when you're urinating, when you're defecating, know that you're, that you're urinating and that you're defecating. He gets right in there and uh, talks about these things. So just be present. Yeah. I, I could just take a moment and, and um, actually and, and talk about eating because I think it's a really... Uh, it's, it's when we're on retreat. Um, I, I remember when I first started going on retreat, and I, I began noticing, you know, all the proliferation of, you know, activity that was happening in my mind around eating. Um, that you know, when I was thinking about going to the meal, you know, I was uh, kind of wanting to get there and not have to wait on the line and and as I was waiting on the line I was um, you know feeling impatient and agitated and then when I was at the food you know I usually put more on my plate than I, I needed because I was you know I, I get greedy oh that looks good that looks good you know like a buffet you know my plate was full and then, and then, and then, when I would sit down and eat, you know, I was. I know I began to notice that my mind wasn't even present when I was eating. I was, I was, just thinking and thinking and thinking, and uh, and I, <laughs> and this, you know, so just this whole activity of eating was such a mirror to me of, of my, my agitated mind. And um, and so it's a really good place for practice. It's just to, uh, you know, whatever is coming up for you. I mean, I I had lots of issues around food because my my uh, early family life was there was a kind of craziness around meal times, and so I had lots of stuff issues to work with, but. Uh, but whatever's coming up for you around eating, um, it's it's really good when you're on retreat to just to open to that and to begin to notice it, you know, and um, and just be present with it, breathe with it, give it space, acknowledge it, and then see if you can find a kind of stability in the body, 
to just, you know, as you're, as you're serving yourself, as you're sitting with your food, to, to take it in with your senses, to give yourself a little breathing space. You know, we have this beautiful opportunity in silence that we're not, you know, chatting and eating and, and, uh, um, or reading and eating. You know, this is listening to the radio and just, it's, we can just be mindful of eating when we eat. And, um, and, and, and the food, I, I find anyway, is, is, uh, is, I think it's prepared with a lot of care and I, I think it's very lovely. Uh, I feel a lot of gratitude for the efforts um, of the cooks. So, um, so just to enter into that engagement with the food and 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 eating itself is such a you know that that experience of taking food in. I mean that to if when we really open to what that is, that is an experience of of anatta. That's an experience of not self, because you know we don't eat, we don't live, and uh, and so we need to take in you know what the world provides us um, we need to take in what the energy from the sun has has created uh, in order for us to live so so just to take in the food and to recognize this food sustains my life and um, and to open to that reality it's it's quite profound actually and um, our our, our ordinary mundane uh, activities, um, when, we, when we look at them deeply, uh, can be quite profound. So, um, so the body is also talking, continuing to talk about the body as a home, a refuge, um, in practice, uh, it's a place that we can ground ourselves when difficult emotions arise. So when we get caught up in uh, in some state, and we're you know we're an- anxious about the future, or we're uh, we're full of resentment, or or anger, or grief about something that happened in the past, um, or just something is happening in our lives that is creating agitation. You know, we can drop the story and just ask ourselves, what's happening here in the body? What's happening? How am I holding this grief, agitation, worry, fear, anger, desire? How am I holding it in the body? And just um, let the body be a, a, a container, a place of grounding, and, and to, a place to stabilize our attention in the present moment and to be with the experience as it unfolds. There's um, one of the teachers that I, I deeply, I've never actually practiced with him, but I, I, I so uh, deeply appreciate his, his teachings on the body. He's, uh, his name is Gil Fronsdale. He's a teacher in California. 
and he uh, he's both a scholar and um, a teacher. Uh, he te he both Zen and Vipassana. So, um, and he uh, he studied with Ajahn Buddhadasa, uh, who was a great 20th century master in Thailand, first a um, first monk. And um, and he said, during my early Vipassana practice in Thailand, Ajahn Buddhadasa said at the opening of a 10-day retreat, do not do anything that takes you out of the body, out of your body. And over the 10 days, I frequently reached forward to grasp or identify with something outside of myself. So we do that all the time, right? always leaning forward to grab something or to push something away. <clears throat> when I remembered this, for me, puzzling instruction, I began to realize how often my center of attention and gravity was projected in front of me. The more I settled into my body, the more sensitive I became to ever subtler movements away from that center due to ever subtler attachments and aversions of the mind. And gradually I learned that mindfulness of the body is one of the best windows I have into my inner life. So that's kind of going into the next one, as body as a mirror. And it's something I've noticed in my practice, that, um, that sometimes I feel like I, my attention kind of goes kind of up and and I'm out of my body and I'm looking at myself and uh, and I'm into self-judgment or um, or self-doubt and and just coming back into the body is uh, is really such a um, a blessing uh, such a, a wonderful practice to just Come back and ground myself in the body, and 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 kind of return to that presence, that inner presence in the body. So 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 moving to the and I can't say I, m I made these three categories, but they kind of you know um, have some common ground. So the body as a mirror. Um, so the body as a refuge and body as a mirror. So, um, so what we're doing is in in mindfulness practice is we are we're bending back, and a way of expressing it is bending back the beam of attention to our inner experience. And and seeing the nature of it. So seeing the nature of our inner experience, um, that it is transient, that it is always changing, that it's, 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 it's becoming something else, that it's because of that, because it's always becoming something else, it's inherently unreliable and unsatisfying. We can't we can't count on our experience of anything to to give us um, to give us a, any kind of enduring 
sense of, of fulfillment or satisfaction. And, um, and that it's selfless. It's, it's arising from causes and conditions. So our, the body, uh, all of our experiences are arising, always arising from causes and conditions. Um, so so we, we, can, we can experience this in our bringing our attention to the body. That, um, that all of these, these three characteristics are always being expressed in the body. And then the third, that the body is a source or an expression of wisdom, of truth. So, you know, in a way that we see the three characteristics in the body, that's, that's, um, uh, that is the body expressing the truth to us. And, um, and as the noise, you could just use in quotation marks, as the noise of reactivity, you know, what we, what, as we begin to tune into the body and experience um, our, uh, our patterns, our, uh, you know, the different kinds of um, reactivity that, we ha- that, that comes up, as we experience them, this in the body and we allow these to, to release, to to move through us, to arise and pass away, um, as this begins to quiet down over time, um, and we're, you know, we're less kind of hooked in, in a very uh, reactive way to, you know, to the various habits of mind that that have developed. Um, the sensitivity of the body becomes more apparent to us. And so, um, so the body, in the body we can experience uh, love. Um, we, we become more open to the expression of, of compassion, of joy, of, of peace in the body. And, and we, we touch this at moments in our sittings or or on retreat, that that um, that we, uh, you know, something opens, something falls away. We are, you know, just just very present, and it's the body is is a, a kind of um, a, a context, a, a matrix within which we can experience this these. Uh, these, these beautiful qualities that that grow within us, you know, they're 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 natural, they're inherent. Um, the these uh, what we what we're chanting about and reflecting on, the the boundless states of heart and mind, um, love and compassion, and joy, and equanimity. These these qualities of heart mind are are natural within us and. And we cultivate them, and they grow in a very organic way as part of our practice. And so we know them in the body. And so, and so, as 
you know, as we become more sensitive, um, you know, we, we may find that, you know, we look, we look in the face of a child and our heart just opens with joy and love. Or we see somebody suffering or we hear about somebody suffering and our hearts quiver with compassion. And so we know these, these boundless states in the body as energetic qualities that express themselves and manifest through us, through, and manifest through us. Yes. Um, and so, um, and so, uh, you know, our bodies can express this, um, and um, and and of course, um, through our bodies we act in the world, and we. You know, we bring through our our bodies, speech and mind. Um, we bring these activities, whether they're activities of compassion or unskillful activities, where we're manifesting this in the world and we're engaging with life through the body. So we have we have this idea that. The, the awareness, you know, when, when we say, where's your mind, you know, people point to their head. And, um, and so, uh, but as we practice deeply in the body, we come to understand that the body, that the body is full of awareness. The body is a field of awareness. And we are receiving and, and, um, and expressing and opening deeply in the body um, that awareness and awareness is already present in the body so it's not that we're making the body aware but we're opening to the awareness that already is there in the body as our practice um, becomes deeper And so I encourage you to um, to to really in your in your not only in your sitting and walking practice, but make your practice seamless. You know, really uh, throughout the day, as you as you get up from your uh, from your seat, as you um, go to the washroom, as you go to yoga. As you unroll your mat, um, stay, stay mindful in the body. Really make this a practice which brings you to present, presence moment by moment in the body. And, um, uh, and when you find that um, something draws you out of the body, whether it's that your your mind is taking you somewhere else, or you're you're wanting something in the future, or you're fearing something in the future, or you're worrying or thinking about something in the past. You know, um, come back and 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 recenter yourself in the body and and make it your home, make it your refuge, 
make it your place of, of grounding and um, uh, engage with it in this, in this wonderful way. And it, it so deeply supports our practice. And, um, and, and we, no matter what our body is, and no matter uh, um, how it is manifesting at this time, whether there's illness in the body or, or there's you know, some pain in the body, uh, it, it's, it's still a refuge. It's still our home. And, and it's the place where life is unfolding and where our practice, our Dharma practice, is unfolding. It's at the heart of our practice. So thank you for um, your attention and uh, uh, for listening. And um, I invite you to uh, continue on in your day. And, and uh, um, please check the uh, please check the the board for notes. There are some notes up that haven't been um, been picked up for a while, so you might want to have a look at the, the board and see if there's a note for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.